quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. We're back for another episode of the Peace in Parenting podcast. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. Hi, Gemma. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Not so bad. You know, just trying to take it day by day. That's all we can do. Yeah. (laughs) What's going well in your world? I woke up this morning at like seven, the kids were still sleeping and I had a bunch of texts from my mom and she was like, I'm outside and I have coffee. I'm going to leave it on the porch. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're an angel. She had coffee, bagels, smoothies for the kids. It was amazing. Oh, so sweet. It was so nice. That's so nice. Very helpful. Mornings are yeah. stressful with little kids. So. Yeah, they are. They really are. So What's wow. going well for you? Um, You know, I think we've found a groove and are like, we're happy in our little cocoon. And I feel so close to the girls right now. They have a lot of friends. (laughs) So I've been getting pushed to the wayside in the last like year or two. Yeah. Now I feel like, oh, I'm important again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anybody else. That's so sweet. They're like calling me like nicknames and stuff like Michelle Pooh and all this is really cute. I love that. Yeah, it's hard to compete with 14-year-old kids, you know, as yeah. the primary playmate. And I get to be the primary playmate for now. And I'll <laughs> <be there. laughs> yes. What are we talking about today, Missy Pie? We're going to talk about limits. We were just saying we've talked about them sporadically, like in different episodes, but we've never just done like a full focus on it. So we're going to do that today. You know, I think a lot of people think of this kind of parenting as being passive. 
and that there aren't necessarily limits and there aren't necessarily boundaries, but that's not the case. And there are limits and boundaries and those limits are boundaries look and feel different than in conventional parenting. Yeah. When we did the spouse episode and Dan and I were talking about it, that was his main thing is like, but then how do you teach them? Like, how do you actually say no? Cause he didn't think that we were going to say no anymore. That was the really like hard thing to wrap our mind around is how do you do that part? Yes. And I think that's what conventional parenting says to us. Like we have to have a limit. And if our child doesn't stick to the limit, then we have to have a punishment because that teaches them that that limit is important. That doesn't necessarily work. And why it doesn't work for some kids, it doesn't work because they're so strong willed. They'll say, actually, no, I'm not doing what you say. And I don't care how much you punish me like my oldest, or (laughs) like my youngest, they'll say, yes, I'll let you punish me because I'm compliant and I'll let you railroad me, but I won't trust you. Right. And so it's interesting because a lot of people will say, well, it works for us because we, you know, our kids are compliant, but at what cost? At what cost of the relationship? At what cost of their own psyche? At what cost of their own, you know, self-esteem? Where What's happening with all of that? So- Hmm. That as our backstory, we can say that this kind of limiting, the limiting we're doing in, you know, peace and parenting is the limiting that is done kindly and done with empathy. So it's more like, I'm so sorry, you cannot watch another show. We're all done. And actually turning the TV off or putting our hand on the iPad or whatever it is. And then this child's going to implode, right? And that is where the difference lies. That is where the the clear line is in conventional parenting and in this type of connected parenting is that in conventional parenting, immediately we go to the shut down the feelings or if you don't turn off the TV, then you're not going to get dessert tonight or whatever it is. We go into a threat and a bribe or punishment or whatever it is. Whereas in this more peaceful kind of parenting, we say, I'm so sorry. I know it's hard to turn off your electronic. I'm right here and I'm listening. And we let the kid have the tantrum. We don't turn the electronics back on. The punishment is there's no more. We're all done. And that's all the punishment we need. We're just sticking to our limit. Mm -hmm. But can we sit through the upset calmly? That becomes the bigger challenge. Right. Calmly, but also when you set the limit, you have to be prepared for what comes after. Because if you don't have time, like a lot of times I have to let stuff slide and I set the limit later because we're in a place where I... I literally can't sit for 30 minutes while you melt down because of the limit that I set. I think that's really important. Gemma is so smart. It's that we don't, if you don't have the bandwidth to sit through what you know is going to be a huge upset, then don't set it. Mm -hmm. And most kids, so this is how I look at it too. Kids who are doing well, that are connected, who feel good, who aren't, you know, not having a hard time will most likely adhere to your limits. A kid who isn't doing so well, who is disconnected, who's having a hard time that day or in that moment, or, you know, something's going on for them, they're not going to be able to adhere to that limit. So it isn't so much about the limit, it's about how the child's doing. So that kerfuffle or that upset or that, you know, um, questioning of the limit will come up later. It really will. And you can just wait for it later. (laughs) When you're in your safe house and, you know, you have the bandwidth, then you set the limit and then you allow the feelings to come. So limits are really more about getting our kids to be able to emote their feelings Mm -hmm. and for us to be able to come alongside them. 
I think right now it's really important. Like the limits are important because I'm reading so much stuff. Like we can't do homeschool today. Like they won't sit still. They won't do that. You know, and when KK, when I set the limit and I'm like, we are doing school right now. We have to get through like just this one worksheet. That's like all I'm asking of you. That's my limit for today, you know, and you can't do it. That for me is a really good time to be like, I'm going to try with play first. Like I'll play it out if he is playing and then he still won't sit down and do the thing. Then I set the limit. Then he cries forever. I mean, we have nothing but time. So like try it out and then we'll sit down and do the worksheet. And I think that's really helpful with the homeschool stuff. Like when it's really stressful, I don't know how teachers do it in actual schools, but that's been helping me is just like, if you have feelings, we're going to feel it around school right now because we got to do it. Poor teachers have a really hard time because, you know, they've got 20 or 30 kids like that. And it's like yeah. they, have, they rely on threats and bribes and, you know, rewards and all that stuff because they're, it's like it's a whole herd of kids to have to deal with. And mm-hmm. so I get it. It's really hard. But yeah, you're right. We're just going to get to the feelings. And if we can get to the feelings, that is the, what becomes connected is in that moment when you let the child have the feelings and you're coming with empathy, now you're pouring into empathy. So it's like, oh, we have this huge connective moment and that will help them feel better so they can do the task. Mm-hmm. You know, the child will beg and plead and this and that. And then the parent will either get really mad or give in, which n- neither of those work. So it's like, just stick through the feelings. And stick to your limit and go back to the limit when you're done with having the feelings. Then you say when, you're, when he's done crying, are you ready to do your work? And most likely they say yes. They really do. Mm-hmm. Dan does the thing where it's just, it's really hard for him to hold a limit. And so they listen less to him because he does give in more. Like the big feelings come and he's a fixer and he gets frantic and he's like, okay, forget my limit. Like, why am I setting that limit? You know, and where I'm like very confident and I'm like, this is my limit. Yeah. This is what's happening. Like there's no turning back from this. My ex is like that too. And I think for them, I don't know about for Dan, but I know for Chris, like he really, like he doesn't want to see them sad. Yeah. And so for him, he can't sit through the feelings also though, because they're un, they're dysregulating for him. Mm-hmm. He can't handle it. So he'd rather give them everything because it's hard on him and it's hard on them. And it's too much for him. He cannot manage it. And I think for us people who can manage it, it becomes so much easier to have limits because you're like, I'm not afraid of these feelings. They're just feelings. They can tantrum, they can kick, they can scream, they can say they hate me, they can do all of those things. And I'm just going to stick to my limit because I'm not afraid of the feelings. When you become afraid of the feelings is when you have a hard time with these kind of limits. Like my best friend, she's like that. She's like, cannot deal with the feelings. So she doesn't have the limits. So the kid railroads her. And so it's like, that doesn't become a good place either. Because then you're like, I've asked them 20 times to do it and they won't do it. And then I get mad. And it's like, just stick to the limit and feel the feelings. And that was me before you got to me or I got to you or, you know, before you taught me all this, like I felt like a slave to my child. Like I, I felt like we got invited to go to the country club with my parents, but there's these chocolate mints there and he's going to go right to the bowl and he owns me and then he's going to eat 20 mints and I have no control over what's happening. And it was so freeing once you taught me limits. And I was like, wait, I can say no and I can hold through the no and I can listen to him screaming at me because I don't want him to have a mint. Like he doesn't need that. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but I just like felt like I'm not a slave anymore. (laughs) Guess what? I can say no to everything. Yeah. The other thing too, I think with this 
parenting methodology, it's like, we have to think, where do we want to say no? What's important to us to say no with? Because hey, you're gonna, you might get a tantrum, right? And so it's like, mm-hmm. is this really where I want to say no? And so it, you're, you're less controlling when you use limits like this because you're only using them where they absolutely need to be used. And so I think that's it too. Where do I need to say no? Another thing with limits is I like to say the yes, no. Like, yes, you can have a whatever it is tomorrow. Right. You know, and it's like not trying to use no so much um, because I know little kids especially hear, no, 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 don't do that. Oh, no, no, we can't. Okay, you can't touch your brother. And it's like constant no, 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 no in their face. And if you just come quietly and calmly to them at their level and say, I'm so sorry, I can't let you hit the dog. And you put your hand on their hand and you calmly put it down and you hold it down and you let them really emote that becomes much better than, no, 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 don't hit the dog, you get, 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 or giving them something else or redirecting them or whatever. Just come right to their level, look them in the eye, put your hand on their hand and say, I'm so sorry, I can't allow you to do that. Leave your hand there. Let them really get upset and then say, I know this is hard. You must be having a hard time. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. We had somebody new join Patreon last night and she was asking like, what do I do with my little one? I think it's a two or three-year-old while I'm breastfeeding the baby. And that for me was a struggle with Caleb because I didn't know I was not like a kind limit setter. I was either screaming or passive. And I didn't know like when I'm breastfeeding and Caleb comes and pokes the baby in the eye that I could take my hand and say, I can't let you do that and let him like he could have sat there and cried the whole time while I breastfed, you know, but I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to say that's not how we touch our brother. We don't want to use punishments. We don't want to threaten. We don't want to yell. We don't want to get there, but we let ourselves get too far. We let them, you know, we say it seven or eight or nine or 10 times. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Thinking that's going to work. And then we frustrate ourselves. So I'd say too, like when you're setting a limit, you say it once, maybe twice. And once you've said it twice, you've got to come in and make the limit real physically, like come in and physically set the limit and let them emote. But don't ask more than that because it just becomes a struggle. And And by physically, you mean just like gently touch their hand or like put yourself between them and whatever it is. Level, look in their eyes, talk calmly, get right near them, put your hand on your hand if you need to, like really physically set the limit. Mm -hmm. And also just not waiting. Because if we wait too long, especially I often see kids will, or I'll hear about kids will say they'll, you know, first they hit the dog, then they're making a, you know, huge fight with their brother or sister, then they won't eat the dinner. It's like, we can tell this child isn't doing well, and they probably benefit quite greatly from a, from a limit of some sort to get them more connected so that the rest of their day can be good. But we tend to wait thinking it's going to go away. Oh, we got through that one. Let's hope there's not another one. You know, we're just like on eggshells hoping this child makes it to bedtime without having a huge kerfuffle. When we, if we just set the limit, let them cry, be upset, be there for them, they would have a good day the rest of the day. Right. And I do that too. If I know like we're going somewhere that's going to be stressful or it's like a triggering place for Caleb or Jonah, I will find a way to get the limit out before we leave. Like if I see it, you know, or if I just assume there might be something there, it's easy for me to like, I know what's going to trigger them, you know, so I know which limits to set to get the tantrum. It's harder as they get older. Yeah. They are more self-regulating and they Mm -hmm. don't. So I use a lot of play and a lot of like just 
physical connection, hugging and kissing and coming close and being loving, that stuff really works with the older kids, surprisingly. You would think it wouldn't, but if I go in for hugs and kisses with Esme, she will, if I just am persistent about it, she will melt. Mm-hmm. And then she'll say, oh, I need to give you one too, mommy. Let me have a kiss. And then it's like that whole kerfuffle. She had, like, for instance, this morning, I set the limit. I said, this room has to be cleaned today. And <laughs> like, I don't have time. I have this and that. And the other thing I go, well, then you're going to have to do it this morning sorry, you have an hour. Like this room has to be clean. And she's like, this is my space. You don't have a right to say it. I was like, you can't walk in here. There's a cereal bowl. There's pool towels. There's a bathing suit on the floor. Like, no. And she was like in there huffing and puffing and throwing things in the drawers. And I, this is my own space and blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, I think you need a little hug from mommy. (laughs) Oh, she's like, your breath. She's always with my breath. It's so <laughs> annoying. I'm like always checking in. I'm like, I think it's fine. <laughs> it's not. And so I try to hug her and she's like, oh, please. And I was like, just one baby hug. And she's like, okay, fine. Okay, Michelle, you're so squishy. Let me squish you. She likes to squish my shoulders. Oh my she says I'm squishy. She's like, okay, you're so squishy. I'm like, I love you. And I just, two more hugs. She cleaned up her room and that was that. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, I set the limit. I didn't necessarily have to listen to the feelings, but I came with play afterwards and I didn't budge with the limit. I'm being kind and loving, but I'm still expecting you to clean that room. Mm -hmm. And I think not lecturing, you know, with that, you don't say like, you have to clean up your room, you're a slob, or this is why we clean it. Like, it's not the teaching moment, which is, we've talked about a bunch of times, but with little kids too, like if they're hitting someone, you don't teach them not to hit someone in that moment. You wait till their feelings are out and then you can talk about that part later, like why we don't allow that in our home. And also like most kids already know, she knows why her bedroom, she can't have cereal bowls in her bedroom. I mean, like honestly, they already know. I don't need to tell her and shame her. I just need her to clean her room. Yeah, (laughs) My limit is to clean it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just come warmly, kindly, and hold to it. Don't back down from it. This is not a passive or permissive parenting methodology. We have high expectations, we have limits, but we have a love and they all work really well together. But you have to do them all. I was telling my client the other day, like you can't do this and then threaten and bribe later. Because you have to connect after the limit also. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thanks for joining us. So glad you guys are here. Um, Join our Patreon. Um, We have quite a few little members in there now and we're pretty excited um, who are sponsoring us. We're so grateful for them and um, leave a review or rate us or um, just join us anywhere online too. Yeah. Thank you everybody on Patreon. It's so exciting. (laughs) Okay. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Michelle.